Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 249, just one away from 250, Recognizing the Team Members. I was thinking as I was preparing for this particular podcast, I was thinking about how much I used to enjoy live concerts. The fact that I go to bed so early at the moment, it's got to be somebody I really, really, really want to see before I'm going to stay up and go. But back in the day when I was younger and didn't go to bed so crazy early, I really enjoyed live concerts. And it may sound odd, and I don't care. Uh, I think you figured that out about me. I'm just going to say whatever's on my mind. But I really enjoyed the introduction of the band members. And I was trying to figure out exactly why that stood out in my mind. Obviously, I loved the music. And I loved the stories that were in between. It wasn't just when you go to Christian concerts, or at least the ones I went to, Each of the people were storytellers, most of them very good. Some of them were learning, but they were trying. But I loved the part of the introduction of the band. You learned little bits and pieces about them, the drummer, the guitar player, the trumpet player, whoever in the world, whatever the band was made up of. But it was recognizing that maybe, you know, maybe it was a headliner. Maybe somebody who was a big name in Christian music or maybe four big names because some of the groups that I would go see were four members of the vocal part. But they had tremendous help from those that were playing the instruments and they couldn't have done it without them. They couldn't have had that same sound without those talented musicians. And I just, that recognizing of the team members always touched me. And I I think about it in the career that I have now had for almost 20 years. I've been a part of a team. Hospice, which is what I work within, is a team approach to caring for people. And many people may not have any idea about that. I mean, when I was the hospice kid, I didn't think about it. The fact that I met multiple different people. But hospice is centered around a team approach. And those that get the most benefit out of the services are those who allow multiple what we call disciplines multiple different people from different genres such as nurses such as certified nursing assistants such as social workers chaplains the doctor and maybe even volunteers to come in and contribute and i've been thinking quite a bit about this whole concept because I began in the hospice world back in the day technically as a volunteer. I was working on my master's degree and 
in order to, to have my internship at the, this particular hospice, I had to become a part of the volunteer program. And just with everything I do, I kind of took it to the extreme. And I'm so thankful that I did because I learned so much in the midst of being a part of a team. Even though I wasn't a paid member of the team at that time, I felt as though I was a member of the team and I contributed when we would have discussions about people that I knew about, that I was working toward doing something to help. And being recognized as a team member, it doesn't have to be a big shout out in front of a a large group of people, but just having somebody recognize your contribution to the end goal matters. You know, there there's an automatic hierarchy in hospice because we have medical doctors. And so those would be people who would be obviously mentioned first and then a registered nurse who manages the case and then maybe an LPN, social workers, chaplains, and volunteer, and maybe even a bereavement counselor thrown into the mix as well. Certified nursing assistants. Earlier this week I made a comment because certified nursing assistants may not be who the rest of the world would recognize first. But their contributions on a daily basis are life-changing for patients and families. Volunteers sometimes can change the world. I think of one that sat and read to a patient who could no longer sit and read. And just what a difference. The one who, when the patient was dreaming of a cheesecake, went home that very day and baked a cheesecake and brought it back. And that may not show up in somebody's grand big report of who was taking care of someone and yet in the family's mind that may be the person they remember the most that they remember 20 years later. Teams can be complicated There can be all sorts of dynamics. I have seen struggles within teams when it comes to wanting recognition and feeling as though their job is more important. I mean, we could spend forever talking about just team dynamics and how that all plays in. But I set that up to say that we're talking about 19 verses. Well, 
1 Kings 4, 1 through 19, that most people would skip over. It's similar to the genealogy in the Bible, where unless you are intent on reading the Bible through and you want to read every word so that you can reach that goal, you probably would skip a section like this because it's a bunch of names that are not easy to pronounce, to say the least, on some of them. And you'd just be tempted to just skip ahead to the next section. And I'm trying as best I can whenever I teach this in Sunday school, as well as we talk about this on the podcast, I want to know why the Lord may have included this. Because this section of 19 verses is much longer than the account of many people's lives, including some of the kings. They might have gotten one or two verses, and that was the totality of all we heard about them. And sadly, it was so often that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. So why in the world would God ordain for the writer of the book of Kings to go line by line by line down Solomon's high officials and his district governors. Like, what could have possibly been the reason? Well, we don't know for sure. And if the Lord tells you directly, I would love for you to write me, encouraging others at lovingjesus at gmail.com. But there were some there were some things that stood out to me. I've read this multiple times. And each time something different has stuck out to me. So let's just read down through this. Now on these names that are just insanely hard. Please, oh, please, oh, please, give me some grace. Because either I'm going to try to say it and probably mess it up, or I'm just not even going to try to say it. So, 1 Kings 4, 1 through 19. King Solomon now ruled over all Israel, and these were his high officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, was the priest. Elehoreth and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha were court secretaries. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was commander of the army. There's our man, Benaiah. It's the one who chased the lion into a pit on a snowy day. He not only served in David's kingdom, but he also served in Solomon's. He served as commander of the army. The second part is Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Hold on to that thought. Azariah, son of Nathan, was in charge of the district governors. Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest, was a trusted advisor to the king. Ahishar was manager of the palace property. Adoniram, son of Abda, was in charge of forced labor. Solomon also had 12 district governors who were over all Israel. They were responsible for providing food for the king's household. Each of them arranged provisions for one month of the year. These are the names of the 12 governors. 
and I'm not going to go down them. The only thing I want to highlight is verse 11 and verse 15. Verse 11 says, Benabinadab, or something like that, in all of Nefuthdor. Yeah, I struggle with that. But in parentheses is the part that I want you to take note of. He was married to Tephoth, one of Solomon's daughters. And we skip down to verse 15. Ahimaaz in Naphtali. And in parentheses, he was, he was married to Basemath, another of Solomon's daughters. And we're just going to leave. Like, we're not even going to touch and try to... <laughs> Like, it just would be a comedy to listen to me try to read all of these Ben people. So, why? What What in the world can we learn from this section? Well, I think, number one, we need to be reminded that Solomon didn't reign on his own. I mean... He had a team. Now, there's no doubt that he was the final say on things. But he had a team around him. He's got his own priest section there. He's got court secretaries. The fact that they're recognized in this, they're considered high officials. The next one is one of the reasons that I even considered doing the podcast today on this section. The next one just grabs me. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. In our day and time, historians would not be considered high officials, or at least not that I am aware of. But this list included those that contributed to Solomon's kingdom in a major way. And this is recognizing someone, not, you know, Benaiah, we understand. Like, you're not surprised to see him in this section of being recognized as a very important member of Solomon's kingdom. He was the commander of the army. But to see listed the royal historian, I think we've got to step back and remind ourselves that just like I was talking about on the hospice team where you've got this hierarchy to an out to the outside world, you have a hierarchy. And sometimes to the inside world, there can be a hierarchy. But when it's all said and done, everybody has their particular role. And their job is to do it and to do it well. I was on a call earlier today, and there was a phrase that came up uh, just in the midst of a whole lot of brainstorming. And one of the participants mentioned that she had a saying like that on her wall and it was like something like, whatever you are, you know, give it your best. And that, the royal historian here causes me to think about that. And the fact that 
we need to we need to step back and look at those around us. We may have work teams that we're a part of, or maybe we are overseeing of them. We may have family teams. We may have teams at church. Like, we may have multiple teams. You may have a team that's helping you raise your children because there's they need to go here, there, and everywhere all at the same time. Look at your team and think about who do you need to recognize? Like, sometimes we just take things for granted. Until that team member is no longer filling that role. And all of a sudden, you realize just how much they contributed. It wasn't the main focus of what we're talking about today, but I did want to bring that up. Because as we're talking about recognizing team members, recognize them all. And... Truly think about their contributions, not from necessarily a title standpoint, but what they do. I've thought about this before when it comes to, let's just use a football team as an example. You know, you've got the big names, the ones that everybody may know about, but I've always contended that in some instances, the people who never get on the field for the game may have as important a role as those who do. And you say, well, how in the world could you possibly think that? Well, those people on the bench are oftentimes friends with the people who are on the field. And who do you think picks them up when they're down? Who do you think may help them see things from a truer perspective because they've been looking from the outside in as opposed to being in the middle of it? You just never know how one person might influence another for good or for evil, for that matter. Some people contribute to a team, and they what they do is they contribute to the downfall of the team. Just saw today where a professional athlete has been suspended indefinitely, and I saw one clip of what, in the real world, outside of sports, is considered assault. And, uh, you know, I just can't imagine how not only this action, but these are repeated actions for years, has contributed to team morale and affected the play. We need to step back and, and really look and skip the titles and really look at what people contribute and recognize them for it. Now, the next thing is, is definitely a different take on it. So even though if you read 
this in the book of First Kings, you would think that this list was compiled, because look at it. Verse 1 says, King Solomon now ruled over all Israel. And these were his high officials. And you look at it, and there's a couple of big-time keys. So after Benaiah is recognized, which he was the commander at the beginning of Solomon's reign, the next line says Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Well, Abiathar was priest for about a minute. Let's go back to 1 Kings 2, 26-27. Then the king said to Abiathar the priest, Go back to your home in Anathoth. You deserve to die, but I will not kill you, because you carried the ark of the sovereign Lord for David my father, and you shared all his hardships. We talked about him a few weeks ago. So Solomon deposed Abiathar from his position as priest of the Lord, thereby fulfilling the prophecy the Lord had given at Shiloh concerning the descendants of Eli. So in this list, Abiathar is listed even though he really served a very, very short amount of time. And where it gets a little bit more confusing is the two verses that I pointed out earlier in 11 and 15 because in that you have two of Solomon's son-in-laws that were married to his daughters. Well, when Solomon took over as king, he didn't have son-in-laws. So, is this list? Like, what is this list? Like, how? what's the time frame here? How does this all work? Well, it appears that it might be groupings of some of the names that served in Solomon's kingdom, not necessarily all at the same time, but that filled these roles. And why others who filled them, like after Abiathar, like why they weren't included, we don't really know. But what it got me thinking about was not only the importance of recognizing your team members, and I mean all of them, not just the ones with the big titles, but to take a moment and reflect upon team members that may no longer be a part of that particular team. Working in hospice now for 20-ish years, whether as a volunteer or a staff person, I have, I have had a lot of teammates. And I have a good memory. And I remember a lot of them. If I really, really, really focus, I remember a lot of them. I don't know that I would be able to pick them out of a lineup necessarily. Some of them are 20 years older now because I haven't seen them since my early days. I honestly, I know that some of them have, have died. And I, there may be others that I'm not aware of. 
there are ones that really stand out to me. Nurses that I've worked with, CNAs that I've worked with, social workers, chaplains. I was talking about one of my favorite chaplains just today. I really like the ones I work with at this point. Like, there's not a question about that, but there was one particular one from my previous career that made a lasting difference in my life. And I think you can hear in my voice the fondness for that particular team member. We weren't together that long, but we were together for a very difficult season. And the character that I thought this person had was exhibited during really tough times. And so, you know, thinking about the teams that you're a part of or you've been a part of, who are those people who stand out to you? Who's your royal historian? Maybe somebody that nobody else even knows is on the team. Again, those bench players that nobody realizes just how important a role they play in the daily life. They may be that person who during a rough season of your life was an encourager. God just brought to mind somebody just totally out of the blue. I had this I had this person that I worked with and and this was a very short season of time. And this person had their own challenges. That was for sure and for certain. And I was able to help them out in some ways. But I was informed of the death of one of my family members when I was working with this young lady. And she was a lifeline to me during that short season of time. It made such a difference when I so desperately needed some sort of emotional anchor. I would love for you to take just a few moments and reflect. Maybe ask the Lord to remind you of people who have been a part of your team. He just brought to mind a lady who died now many years ago. We were not on the same team for long at all, but she had such the sweet, sweet spirit. And I thank God for her and for her influence and all the people that she touched. It's crazy to just let your mind drift for just a moment and faces and names that I hadn't thought about in years 
are beginning to flood my mind. And I thank God for them. And what they meant to me for that season of time and what they meant to others as we worked alongside each other. So our weekly assignment feature is recognize those on your team, in quotation marks, whatever team that is. Again, it may be your child-rearing team. It may be your church teaching team. But to recognize them, maybe to like write them a letter and thank them, or just recognize in your heart and thanking God for them. So recognize those on your team and the roles played by each. If we do that, I think we honor this section of Scripture that we're probably not going to know exactly why God decided to include it. But if you and I can be touched by the reflections and make at least one positive move as a result, whether it be to thank God for somebody or to thank somebody, <laughs> is well worth the time that we just spent. Next week, we get further into Solomon's kingdom. And it, it's, it's quite the kingdom. Uh, and you could pray for me that I can figure out exactly what direction to go with next week's lesson because it is not the easiest to figure out how we should apply it. Let's just put it that way. I would appreciate your prayers for that. Let me lead us in prayer. Dear God, I thank you on behalf of each person who is listening to the sound of my voice. I thank you for each of the team members that we have had around us over the seasons of our life. For me, my first team was a basketball team. And the multiple different teammates that I had and the impact they had on my life. And then I've had many opportunities to be a part of many teams, just uh, varied teams. And I know that that would probably be the case for anybody that's in within the sound of my voice. Dear Father, I thank you for the teammates that we've had that made a difference in our lives, whether it be by example, whether it be by words of encouragement, whether it be by being there for us when life was tough. Maybe it was for challenging us. I just thank you for each of them. I just pray that you would Help us, help us to spend some time reflecting and thanking you for those who made a difference and to pray for them if they are not with you, to pray for them that they would 
Live lives worthy of you, pleasing you in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of you, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might, so that they might have great endurance and patience, and joyfully give thanks to you for the opportunity that they have to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been an interesting reflection time for me. I haven't been doing many nightly podcast episodes, but I needed to due to a lot of scheduling difficulties over the next few days. But I really think it helped me. Because I think I needed to do this literally in the dark. And to be in this reflective state in order to get out of this. What God was trying to teach me. And hopefully what God was trying to teach you. Thank you for tuning in. You can go down in the show notes and see how to connect on social media. You can go to the very bottom and scan the QR code to get to all 249 episodes of the podcast. And just remember that you can share this with others. It's free for you to listen to, free for you to share. Maybe share it with a team member. Like, wouldn't that be a cool thing? (laughs) Change the world. So just remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm -hmm.